Hi there, welcome to episode 61 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. How you doing? I'm here with the full team, Mr. Toby Anderson. Hello. How are you, mate? Good, thank you very much. You had a good weekend? I've had a good weekend, lots of games, which I'll talk about in a minute, but yeah, overall pretty good. Sweet. Mr. Paul Collett. Hello, sir. Yeah, hello. Where, how far away from the meat button do you sit? Just out of interest. Uh, I'm literally like a, a, a centimetre away. Uh, it's just, uh, <laughs> I, I get all nervous. I think, oh shit, and then I kind of panic, and then, you know, you miss the button, and it's all stupid. Um, oh, drama. Are you all right? I'm good, Ben. I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Thanks for asking. That's oh. right. We're all still alive still, and that's all good. Yeah, just about. Yeah. Mr. Greg Hicks. Good evening, everyone. How are you, mate? I'm good. I've decided that after last week's uh, morbid conversation about life and death, I'm going to be a bit more chipper this week. Wow. Yeah. So I'm otherwise, sure yeah. You're kind I know, of going away from your brand here. I know. I know. I, I know. I project this cynical, I hate everything approach. And that is from working in retail for 10 years. But I've decided that life's too short. And for one week only, I'm going to try, try being chipper. Oh, okay. We, we will break you. Think... <laughs> There's no, I don't think there's anything we can talk about this tonight. Know, give, we're sure. give me, give me twenty minutes. I'll be, I'll back to normal. Don't worry. All right, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and finally, Mr. Sean Davies. Howdy, howdy. The the FFG. Oh no, <laughs> big daddy finger guns. <laughs> Notorious FFG. I love the FFG. <laughs> so good. Tell the viewers, listeners, what an FFG is. Sean is now father finger guns. So Crazy. if you ever see him around at like exhibitions or UGX or in town or anything, just go FFG. He is Father Finger. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse. It could be Finger Father. <laughs> oh, grand yes. Grand Finger Father. Oh, the good. Grand Finger Father. Cool. How are you, Sean? I'm slightly nervous now. <laughs> uh, you know when you write something down and you instantly regret it. Well, this is one of those things. So thank you for that. I, I, other than that, I am well. I am full of chicken tikka masala, nice. and I'm I'm having a good weekend. How about you? Yeah, I'm all right, man. I'm here with a uh, a bottle of Sam McGill. I don't. I think this is the first time I've ever drunk whilst doing a podcast. So nice. I don't know what's going to happen. We shall see. Anything can happen in the next five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the run. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like virtually cheersing you. Okay. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> if you're great. drinking whilst uh, if you're drinking whilst listening to this, cheers. Cheers to you. Right. Let's jump into what we've been playing. So, who should I start with? Paul Collett, what have you been playing slash watching? So that's looking at this week. Oh my god, oh my god, pressure, pressure, pressure. Uh, what have I been watching? I have been watching Ozark, uh, for the record, which is uh, a very good Netflix show. I nice. recommend you all go and watch it today. It's very good. I have been playing Jump King which uh, I've been reviewing for the site and should be available on Monday. So I've been playing that, and uh, when I first got the game, I was telling you guys it's going to be a zero out of ten because I hated it so much. But then it kind of grows on you a little bit, and I've been playing it quite a lot, and I'm quite enjoying it. So I sort of had to sort of eat my words a little bit on that one. Um, but it's not perfect, so read a review next week and see what I thought of that one. And I've also been playing uh, a bit of Just Cause 4 still, slowly going through that. And no, that was it. Nice. Sorry. Not very excited. But for me, it's quite exciting. Let's put it that way. Indeed. I'm glad. I'm glad you can play video games again. Oh, yeah, me too. I missed it. Mr. Toby Anderson, what have you been playing this week? Quite a few things. I've gone through a number of demos this week. 
um, as you may have seen on the site, previews, a lot of demos. I'll run through them nice and quick, but um, yeah, some some really, really good ones as well. I had a preview of um, Spirit Oath, which is like this isometric strategy game where you have like, you move like little white animals around on a, on a grid. But it's pretty interesting and original because you don't really make things and you don't really have resources and such um you have just these runes on on a set on a, like a deck of cards um and they're they've got little shapes on them little runes like like sort of tetris shapes each time you place them down you um you make a unit out of it um and then that's how you build you know make a little totem sort of thing which then spawns more units and things and it becomes this weird tower tower defense sort of rts title and it's just really, really different, really interesting. It's also nails hard, like rock, rock hard. Um, and I am not very good at it at all. Um, about halfway through the um, the sort of uh, campaign part um, and skirmish, there's there's like multiple difficulty levels on skirmish, and I was just couldn't do any of them except the very easiest level completely. So um, that was a bit sad, but um, it's a really, really fun game. And um, again, check out the uh, check out the preview on the site. Um, I got to play Carrion, which is that um, crazy one where you play as the sort of horrible red carnage monster sliding through a sort of Metroidvania world, eating eating scientists, um, which was probably the best part of it. It's like massively hyper violent game, but um, you just tear scientists limb from limb and in half, and then sort of chow down on different parts of them, which makes you bigger and bigger and bigger, and then you get more likely to be seen and hurt you know on your on your uh, quest to sort of find your way out of the prison and the science labs and things that you're stuck in it was really fantastic and i think um when that comes out hopefully later this year um it's going to be a good one a really good one and the third demo that i got to play was um spirit fairer we've talked about before on uh, on some of the other um, articles and things on the site and um, there's this wonderful little uh, management game where you sort of it, you manage the you manage a boat like a ferry um you're like a a cruise captain on this ferry ship um, and animals come onto the ferry so they're sort of anthropomorphic animals that come onto the uh, the ferry but they're always on this trip to stay their last voyage basically um, and you have to keep them cozy keep them comfortable give them food grow crops you know j- just sort of the normal things you might do on Starview Valley or something um, Stardew Valley sorry but you're eventually you know moving your ferry on to where they where they'll sort of shuffle off the mortal coil and uh, and 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 leave leave it all behind and um, so it's kind of sad and poignant and it's got a lot of really interesting sort of gray moral areas to it but not in a sort of you know you're doing immoral things but just sort of oh that's you know ter- sort of terrible stories that they've got or, or poignant things that they talk about and it's it's really kind of nice i really hope that that is there's more in you know more depth more story all that kind of stuff when it actually finally comes out but again that one's set for later in this year and then when i'm not reviewing Yes, which hopefully again will be which will be available on the site Tuesday. I think that one is. I've been back on Persona 5. And I have to say I'm still loving that game. It's really, really long. I'm about 50 hours in now, something like that. And I'm just getting still getting more um party members and going through their stories and it's fantastic. I'm really, really liking that one. It's a great game. But I won't go into that one again. I've covered that before. And that's me. All right. It's a nice mixture of stuff there. Yeah. I think so. Uh, you can find uh, all of Toby's previews of these games over on fingernails.net right now. And Mr. Greg Hicks, what have you been playing this week, sir? A bit of a variety for me this week. I've been playing uh, Liberated on the Switch, which my review will be up Monday. Well, today when this podcast goes out. It's quite good fun. It's sort of Shadow Complex meets Watch Dogs. If I had to sort of categorize the two, you know, your 
a hacker and you end up with a group that want to take down the system that you help create no sorry you didn't help create your dad runs it's all a bit i don't want to give away too much now but it's it's cliche but it's fun it's that sort of 2.5d linear well i want to say metroidvania but it's linear so as in you don't backtrack areas but it's that that kind of presentation so i've been playing that i've been playing desperados 3 which is a continuation of the Desperado series, which started on the PC some years ago. Um, that's as much as I can say about it. Review will be up on Friday. And to continue in that sort of deja vu theme, I'm still playing Sekiro. But, and I'm not going to bore everyone to death, because I know I talked about it last year ad nauseum. Obviously last year, I said, I said last week that... Um, my sort of skill on it had improved after changing my TV to to game mode. Now, I thought that was just like the placebo effect, like, oh, it's not actually doing much difference, or it is, and I've just got better at it. No, in contrast to how long it took me to finish it last year, I'm one trophy away from getting the platinum on it. And to show how much better I am at it, you've got to grind for skill points. You you don't so much level up, but you, you have a skill point level. So you get experience and you buy skills with them, funnily enough. I am one skill point away. Sorry, no, I'm not. I'm one skill away from getting the platinum trophy i've got about six more skill levels to grind and of course because i'm near the end game it's higher levels to grind for but in my boredom for grinding the other day i just went and took on the last boss because i could and for all my complaining and everyone online going oh saint sword ishin is the hardest boss he kind of is but he's also probably the best final boss i've ever played in a game and i've played a multitude of games over the years from you know master system to current gen all that kind of malarkey and yeah most games do are true to form you know you have to keep your skill relevant and it tests your might and all that kind of stuff but it's just such a phenomenal boss fight it, it really does test your, your your sword skills and i was playing it the other day without this fear of i'm gonna lose everything because i'm already at the end game point anyway and i played it with a more relaxed mindset and i think i even put in a slack saying like even when he's not even though he can be a dick at times this is probably the best final boss i've ever fought and it's very i know we're we're in the theme of sort of ghost of tsushima and kurosawa movies and all that but yeah the sword fighting is just incredible when you when you start seeing the patterns of his moves and i'm actually doing it now like with a smile on my face and i'm I'm fighting other bosses in the game like yeah this is a challenge i've i've i'm having fun so it's taken a year but sekiro is is really like becoming uh it's amazing and I've, like i said I've, I've nearly platinumed it so yeah that's been my week it's not much of a variety as such. I've played two different kinds of games, or three different kinds of games, but I've pretty much been focusing on Sekiro because I really want to get a platinum. So yeah, that's been a that's been my week. Can I ask you something? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Was it was it you that said that you didn't like Jedi Fallen Order? No, I had trouble with the combat. Right, go back to it with your TV as I'm it gonna, is now. I'm, I'm actually going to. That's that's on my next things because I said I remember I said with the parrying with the uh, the lightsabers. In yeah. order. It felt like a delay. Like I'm pressing it, and he's taking a while to bring his yes, arm. Yes, there you yeah, go. That, that's it. That's exactly it. And now I'm now with Sekiro. I'm thinking maybe not that maybe it's me, but maybe it's my end with the with the TV latency thing. So for everyone that's looked at game mode on their TV, as I, as I said to these guys, it turns out HDR plus on your TV is redundant if your input source is already HDR. So if you've got game mode on your TV, then utilize it. Because I thought it was a myth. I thought it was for Call of Duty players that blame dying quickly. But yeah, it... Oh, God. I'm talking about platinum game that I absolutely sucked at for a year. So here we are now. But yes, Fallen Order, I'm going to go back to it afterwards and be like, oh... Yay! Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's, that's, been my <laughs> week. that's been my week. Just almost acing Sekiro. Nice. 
Look at that glass half full, Greg Hicks. I know. Well, it's getting down a little bit. I think it's the rum that's making me a bit cheerful tonight. <laughs> this is where it's come from. It's come from succeeding at Sekiro. That's yeah, why he's yeah, so yeah. happy. Yeah. A year later. <laughs> and I'm not on call tonight. So, woo. But yeah, that's been my week. Nice. Mr. Sean Davies, what have you been playing this week? Or what haven't you been playing? It's probably better, better to ask you what you haven't been playing this week. No, I'm going to ask you what you have been playing this week. I haven't played much this week, to be honest. It's been, it's been a busy week. Let's start off with... The random PS4 game of the week, <laughs> which is Rune Lord, uh, which is a <laughs> Rune Lord. Oh god, it, it's it's a match three game, and it. Oh, it Jesus it's... fucking Christ! <laughs> First it's... of all, why did you bother <laughs> to review it? I, I bought it to review. It's a review on the website, and. Um... I'm just going to say it, it is really bad. It is. It's basically Candy Crush, but the worst possible parts of all of Candy Crush rolled up into one game uh, and then given a Celtic art style uh, with a bit of Nordic runage going in. It's, it's just it's just not good. But if you really, 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 really want to play a match three game on the PS4 and you don't have a mobile or a PC or any other way to play a video game, then go and get it. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> the only instance that you should ever buy a match three game on a console. Sean, can you just say uh, Nordic Runage again, please? That, that made me chuckle. Nordic Runage. Thank you. <laughs> but wait, but wait, there's more. Ooh. The second random PSN game of the week. It doesn't oh, stop there, folks. God. <laughs> oh, I've missed that thing tune. I've missed it so much. <laughs> uh, so the second game is called Many Faces, which is a retro-styled shooter from East Asia Soft. Came out on PC at the beginning of the year, and it managed to get one whole review on Steam. So now it's <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's managed to make the jump to PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch, and it's fine. It, it's just it's a shooter. You you basically shoot things on a level and when everything's dead you get rewarded with a hat and that hat then has a <laughs> wait 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so sorry sorry please continue wait it gets better <laughs> <laughs> the thing is like the, the start of the game uh, you got a menu and your egg character with absolutely no explanation is just sitting on a rock and then a ufo comes and picks you up while you're holding a gun for some reason and then you have to fight and when you defeat all the enemies on a level you, you're granted a hat and these hats do, do have an effect. So you don't have to pick the hat up, but you are rewarded with the hat. So some of them shoot bananas. Um, some of you, them turning you into like a bomber. This, what, what's weird is the bomb hat is a fez. I don't, I, I'm really struggling to see the link between fez, fezzes and bombs. Um, well, maybe I missed that cool. one. Yeah, but that doesn't automatically make you a bomber. <laughs> There's a jester hat that gives you triple fire. It's, it's just basically... It's a fair point. No, it's a, it's a fair point. Wearing a fez doesn't make you a bomber. You're absolutely right. Sean Davies, 2020. Uh, yeah, there you go. But yeah, it's, it's it's fine. It'll keep you busy for the next 15 minutes. Um, should you want to spend £4 to keep yourself entertained for 15 minutes. Uh, I've also been playing uh, Warborn, which I can't talk about because it's under embargo until Wednesday. Uh, but check out that review on Wednesday. I've also started... Isle of Spirits, which is coming out on PC and Xbox One this Wednesday. Again, I can't really talk about it because it's on it's under embargo. But it's kind of like a crafting game. And you should go and check out the trailer because the trailer's it's not a great trailer. It doesn't really sell you on the game. Uh, but it, there is there's more to the game than meets the eye. 
And I've been playing a game called Patata Fairy Flower, which there's a review on the website now, which came on the Switch on Saturday. I've never seen a game released on a Saturday before. This was new for me. Patata mm-hmm. came out on Saturday, and it's fine. It's a 2D platformer uh, that's pretty hardcore, but it's also got loads of really crap localization. So a lot of the English is broken up. There's a lot, a lot of text for no apparent reason. So you'll have a conversation with a character for absolutely no reason. And then he'll say, go somewhere else. And that conversation will take like five minutes of just clicking through screens. It's, it's, it's fine. Like it feels like they tried to put too much into this game in one go. But the developers certainly know how to make a good platformer because the platforming bits are actually really cool. Uh, and lastly, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Rogue, which mm. I've been playing. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I, I tried to get the platinum trophy on this on the PS3, and I couldn't, uh, mostly because the kids pulled my PS3 off the shelf and broke the disc drive. So <laughs> that that sucked. But when the remaster came out, I replayed the entire game, and I was stuck on the same final boss. So there is a legendary ship battle uh, where basically you're fighting this like fortress on on the sea, and I died. I can't countless times against this boss, and I decided, you know what? Fair enough. I'm going to just give give it one more go, and I almost did it. And I was like, okay, now I understand what I'm doing. I did it, and and kept doing it, and doing it, and doing it, and uh, figured out a strategy, and finally I did it. So now I am I am a couple of trophies away from my Assassin's Creed Rogue Platinum, which hey. I know, I know, it's taken me a, a long time, but yeah, uh, I'm getting there. So <laughs> that has been my week games for this week. How about nice. you, Roscoe? What have you been playing? I saw you. you just, did you jump into Far Cry Three as well? Yeah, I, I try, I, I've been looking at games to just like to shoot things and to like basically pick up the last couple of trophies in a game, and um, yeah. I jumped into Far Cry Three because I remember I got all of the single player trophies in that game, but didn't get any of the co-op ones. So I didn't get the platinum. So I thought, Hey, I'll, I'll jump into this, but actually the remaster's not really that good. It's not. No, I agree. Last night I was doing a hang glider part and uh, I was flying along merrily. And then a radio tower popped up mere meters in front of my face, <laughs> which caused me to crash into the, uh, the tower and fall to my doom. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's not great. Yeah. What have I been playing this week? Uh, m- most of my week has been uh, setting up weddings for alpacas in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, at the very beginning of June, there was a new event that meant you could go off island and prepare people's, uh, I say people, uh, to alpacas, uh, their wedding. And you get to do it every single day in June, and you get a new present every single day off them. So if you want to collect some items, that's the only way to do it, is to go to the same island for the same two people and set up weddings for them every single day until the end of June. That's uh, that's an event. That's a real thing that actually happens in Animal Crossing, and it's pretty wild. But it's fun. You know, it's like five minutes of my day in there. Then it's, hey, I get new stuff to play with and put, put on my island. So, yeah, Animal Crossing still uh, still very much a part of my life and will probably continue to be for the foreseeable future. Uh, jumping into good old uh, Fortnite. The season is very nearly over. We've got nine days left on this one. I want to get level 300. I'm not going to make it, I don't think. I've, I'm at 271 now. So I'm a bit behind, and that really pisses me off because there's two uh, there's two challenges that I know that I just won't complete in that time, and it's really bugging me because if I got those two, I could probably make it if I you know worked my ass off. But yeah, it's very annoying that I'm not going to be able to make the final uh, the final character because you spend your entire battle pass unlocking these things and not being able to get the very last one is really annoying. But 
It's fine. I'm, I'm looking forward to the uh, the live events that they kept delaying and delaying, and hopefully it will be uh, it will be worth it. And I've been playing a game called Do Not Feed the Monkeys, which is a very fun kind of a pixelated thriller point and click adventure, which kind of has you sat in front of a PC and just spying on people through webcams. They are unbeknownst to your presence, and so whilst you're watching them on the webcam, you need to pick up clues as to find out who they are and what they're doing. They're all kind of like shady people in some sense, but you don't quite know why initially. So you have to work out why they are the way they are or for whatever reason, why you actually are kind of going them. And then between that time, you have to keep yourself fed and keep yourself awake. So you sleep, you eat, you go to work and you come back and you keep an eye on all these things all at the same time. And it's, uh, yeah, it's very dramatic. It's a bit, <laughs> there were some elements where it had to be pulled from the uh, American eShop because it went up as for everyone where it's very clearly not a game for kids and you find that out extremely quickly and it had to be pulled from the uh, from the shop because it had the wrong rating on it and i be- believe it sold some copies to some not people that it's meant for uh, so it's kind of got this kind of weird cult thing right now i'm not, not entirely sure it's back up on the site yet but it's available now and so if you want to go and check it out then do so it's it's a lot of fun i'm gonna have a full review uh, very soon so keep an eye out for it but it's yeah it's very twisted and it's very difficult it reminds me of papers please and not tonight and that kind of thing so it's got those all those elements kind of blending in together and it's it's fun right then that about does it for me this week i think uh, right before i go on i do want to mention the uh, itchio bundle uh, the bundle for racial justice and equality now this is a pretty amazing thing obviously you're very fully aware of what's going on in the world right now um the black lives matter movement is pretty intense across the entire world every single state in america is protesting the death of george floyd and video game developers have come together to try and raise some money for this so there's 560 different developers 742 games which equates to the value of about three and a half thousand dollars for five dollars you can get all of these games for five dollars they're already nearly at two million dollars raised for this thing and the games there are just an enormous amount of games, including uh, Oxenfree and Night in the Woods, which if you know me, <laughs> you know I freaking love Night in the Woods. It's an amazing game. And there's just something for everyone. So it's probably worth a nose. I will add a link in the description for the podcast. $5,742 games. That's about how many games Sean plays in a week. So we can get him covered for one whole week if we <laughs> get him this bundle. So, uh, so yeah, look out for it. Uh, right, it is time for... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world! Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters, hold on to your butts and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest can in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies! Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Welcome to this week's trivia challenge. This week we're going all about first lines. I have 10 quotations and they are all the first lines spoken or written down in a game. Basically the first line of dialogue in a game. And I'm going to ask these guys to guess the game. Uh, If you've never played this before, I'm going to ask them the questions now. Towards the end of the podcast, we'll get the answers and we'll see who has won. Greg is currently very, very... Slimly in in front of Roscoe, who is caught up admirably over these last couple of weeks. Do we um, have a Do we have an actual leaderboard now? I do. It's it's written on a post-it note on my work desk, which I will bring home next week. 
<laughs> I just can't remember the, the no actual numbers of it. At least quiz, I'll tell you. Oh, mate, mate, it's been a week. It's been a week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, right, let's crack on with this quiz. Are you guys ready? Never. Yeah, let's do quotes, it. Quotes is where I got zero out of 20 last time. So, yeah, I'm ready. Cool, cool. Um, I'm looking forward to minus one this time around. Yeah. Okay, so question one. They told me, son, you're special. You're born to do great things. You know what? They were right. So question one. They told me, son, you're special. You're born to do great things. You know what? They were right. What game is that from? Oof. I love a bit of total quiet. It's a good sign. <laughs> okay, question two. It's not a good sign, uh, Sean. It just means we're all trying to Google everything. All three of the four of us. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> okay. Silent manic Googling. <laughs> question two. Hi, my name's Gabrus Threepwood, and I want to be a pirate. I've tried to mix easy ones with hard ones here. So question two. Hi, my name my name's Gabrus Threeport and I want to be a pirate. So which one's the easy one and which one's the hard one? Huh. It's a good question. Dun dun dun. Okay. Question three. Paris in the fall, the last month of the year, at the end of the millennium. The city holds many memories of, for me, of music, of cafes, of love and of death. So question three. Paris in the fall, the last month of the year, at the end of the millennium. The city holds many memories for me, of music, of cafes, of love and of death. Um. <laughs> I'll agree. This quiz might be too hard. <laughs> I think it's going to be a, a across the board zero out of ten. No offense, guys, but this is like crazy. What? Okay. Across the board, we're all going to get zero. I swear to God. If anyone doesn't, Google. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you working for Google or something? You've said them like four times already. Oh, I'm just, you know, covering all bases, mate. Every time Paul's you say like, Google. Paul's like me. Paul's like me. Working for Google. No, why would I work for Google? Why would I work for Google? Who would Google their answers, Google? <laughs> <laughs> other search engines are available. <laughs> <laughs> They're not as good, but there are other ones available. They're not as Google. Ah. Okay, question four. Long, long ago, a tiny hamlet known as Kamiki lay nestled in a grove of proud and beautiful cherry blossoms. Each and every tree around the quiet burg was honoured as a god. I don't fucking know. Question wow. four. I, I was, like that one. I think that's was, one I might get. Was that was that a sigh good enough for you, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> Question four. 
long, long ago, a tiny hamlet known as Kamiki lay nestled in a grove of proud and cheerful cherry blossoms. Each and every tree around the quiet burg was honoured as a god. I've taken a random punt on that, but I'm... Are you sure that's a game and not a Shakespeare sonnet? No, I'm 100% sure that's a game. We've talked about it before. Oh. Mm. That narrows well, it down. Say, I'm, that I'm really narrows it down. putting a dash next to every number I've written down. Cool. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Readers, you might beat us all for once. Okay. Question five. The human mind. 600 miles of synaptic fibre. Five and a half ounces of cranial fluid, 1,500 grams of complex neural matter, a three-pound pile of dreams. Uh, guys, you want to go to the pub or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. This is because we called him out one of his answers being wrong the other weeks, so and now he's just like, fuck you! No, I, I just, I, I know these, which is... Yeah, but Not you're surprising. like you know, knowledgeable, Sean. Yeah, because you're your big daddy finger. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> big, big finger daddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question five: The human mind, six hundred miles of synaptic fiber, five and a half ounces of cranial fluid, one thousand five hundred grams of complex neural matter, a three-pound pile of dreams. Okay. Question six. Good evening, Professor. I see you. I see you have driven here in your Ferrari. <laughs> There's nothing to go on. I love it. I think I know that one. <laughs> Wait, no. Is that? Oh, I was gonna say, is that spoken or is it text? It could be either. Oh, I think I know it just because of the intro. Question six. Good evening, Professor. I see you have driven here in your Ferrari. There's only oh, one shit. game I can. Ferrari's yeah. a clue, isn't it? Yeah. Well, okay. this is yeah. If, if we get it right, then I'm going to virtually high five you. But if it's what I think it is, then oh, one okay. out of ten, one out of ten. <laughs> Question seven. Make a river. What a relief! I thought you'd never wake up. You were tossing and turning. What? Zelda? No, my name's Marin. You must must still be feeling a little woozy. Ah. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I think I've just lost my IQ then. Somebody turn Greg off and back on again. <laughs> it's just about remembering which one and which one has Marin in it. Yeah. Oh god! This is what happens when Greg's too happy. He just loses his mind completely. Uh, I'm going to go with Greg's favourite one. Ooh, how do you know which one's my favourite one? Oh wait, no, I suppose the one you always talk about is the one I'm going to go for. Okay, question uh, seven. What a relief. I thought you'd never wake up. You were tossing and turning. What? Zelda? No, my name's Marin. You must still be feeling a little woozy. It's funny that she responds to Link because he's a silent protagonist. Mm-hmm. But he's not. He just, so does Navi all the time as well. Yeah. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Listen! Okay. Listen! Jesus Christ. Oh, that last one was really oh. good. <laughs> you shouldn't be able to go that high. Watch out. Okay, question eight. Rise and shine, Mr. Freeman. Rise and shine. Uh, oh, but which one? I know. I'm not sure which one. 
Got a wet old, I wet old show tunes, didn't they? I know. Jazz hands in the background there. Yeah. <laughs> Greg knows. It's too happy this week. Two out of ten. <laughs> the question eight. Rise and shine, Mr. Friedman. Rise and shine. <clears throat> Marwin Freeman. <laughs> okay, question nine. Bloody hell. <laughs> Have you, did you fall off your chair or something? It's not working, is it? <laughs> Hard to Google these. I can't type this quick, Sean. Slow down. <laughs> you've got a you've got a vocal assistant, have you not? Just hold the button down, yeah, in the middle of your phone, and it'll, oh, it'll... make sure on make sure you're on mute. If you're going to do it, if you get that on mute, you know, I'm just going to buy give myself some food. Hey Siri. <laughs> okay, question nine. It is done. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> Question nine. It is done. The message is delivered. We are gone now from this world. All of us. We can do no more. The rest is up to you, Desmond. Uh, Desmond. Which one? Which one? That's the start of the game, isn't it? <laughs> this is the first line of the game. Uh, fuck. Question nine. It is done. The message is delivered. We are gone now from this world. All of us. We can do no more. The rest is up to you, Desmond. Fuck you, man. There's like seven Desmond games. Yeah, but I think I know which one because... Oh, I'm not going to give it away because I'll give you the fucking answer. Um, yeah. <laughs> what kind of mood is Greg in tonight? I'm not sure about this. <laughs> Greg's, Greg's in a... Greg's it's in weird, a thinking... isn't it? I thought we were doing a pub quiz thing then and we were going to band it together for the answers. Like, no, wait, no, you guys are my competition. Okay. And finally, question 10. Win some pub quizzes, actually, between the, between us. We could do it. Yeah, if they cover video games. There are games, if it's, yes, if, it's topogra- if it's topography and leaders of the 15th century, then I am fucked. <laughs> so I've, got, I've got the topography covered, mate. I thought you were around in the 15th century. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Final Sorry. question. Final question. Cortana, all I need to know is, did we lose them? Oh, fuck's sake. It's one of them. I'm <laughs> going to have a bunch where I've got the series, but not the game. Can I just, I put, can I just put franchise? Yeah, exactly. Question 10. Cortana, all I need to know is, did we lose them? Well, sent you my answers, so they're signed and done. Wow. Game oh. over, man. Oh. Well, that was wow. quote unquote fun. <laughs> I didn't think that was as hard as, gonna, as it came off. I'll be honest. Uh, I thought that would be pretty easy. To be honest, so, I, that some of uh, them were really, really easy. But at least two of them were. <laughs> okay, okay. I think I know number two because at the very beginning of these podcast days, there was a question about that game in nearly every single quiz. Yes, and I yep. think you're bringing it back. I definitely know <laughs> what number two is because, funnily enough. Because we talked about that particular series so much, my ex-girlfriend was a massive fan, or is a massive fan, of that particular series so much. So it's just drilled in my fucking head now. <laughs> it's like it's gone full circle. It's like that that Ouroboros. We talked about it. So did she. And because she spoke about it, so did we. So that's, that's a series that's never going to go out of my head. I'm not going to tell you what the answer is, though. <laughs> right then. Now, there's not a huge amount to talk about uh, this week. We obviously had planned for this episode to be 
big on news due to the PS5 uh, launch event that was due to happen this week. Obvious reasons, it's not happening now. Date has still not been scheduled at the time of recording, so we'll just await with beta breath whenever that will be. But one random bit of news did come out from Sega. Sega. Sega? Paul, say it. Say it with Fucking me. Sega, right? It really isn't. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you may remember last week we were talking about the Sega Series X, which, in hindsight, you know, was a bit of a pipe dream, sadly. Is this a a retraction? Uh, No, because we did not confirm it. (laughs) Well, what they did do is reveal the Game Gear Micro, which is a teeny tiny version of the Game Gear. When I say teeny tiny, if you imagine the size of about a Joy-Con, that's about how big this thing is, right? The whole thing. Yeah, that's mad. It's absolutely insanely tiny. You can fit two AAA batteries in it. It's that big, but it's not much bigger. The system is currently only available in Japan, and it seems unlikely we'll hear of a Western release, given how enormously niche this product is. But it does come in four colours, and each colour has four different games. So if you want all the games, you have to buy all the colours, which is a a very weird Sega thing to do. And there's a blue one, (laughs) there's a red one, there's a yellow one, there's a black one. And there's lots of uh, classic, I say that in, you know, parentheses, classic Game Gear games, um, including the their version of Shinobi and Columns, Sonic and Tails, which was actually pretty darn good, Baku Baku Animal, uh, Sylvie and Tell, and the classic um, edition of Gunstar Heroes, which you know, isn't Wait, a terrible what? game. Classic edition. Freaking Gunstar Heroes, mate. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I fucking love Gunstar Heroes. I've got it on vinyl. I've got the soundtrack on vinyl, so I love Gunstar Heroes, but what's Lovely. the classic version on Game Gear? Or you mean, is it the Mega Drive port on this Game Gear Mini? I don't have that information to hand. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, each one costs about uh, well 4,980 yen, which works at around about £45, or 27,000 yen, about £250 for all four. But... You may be working on, hang on a minute, that doesn't correlate at all. Well, if you buy all four together, you get a magnifying glass <laughs> that you can put on the Game Gear in order to see the screen a little clearer. This is the thing that is actually happening. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go to uh, to Greg first. How do you feel about this? I, I can't tell if it's just the biggest like self-own or it's just the biggest self-piss take. I'm, st- I'm still not sure. Because we all know the Game Gear was notoriously... well. I'm not going to dance around it. It was a bit shy. It was a good concept, but it, it was it was just infamous or famous for all the wrong reasons. You know, like it took six AA batteries, which lasted about two hours. You know, it, it had to have a magnifying glass because the screen was a bit wank. But with these new ones, they haven't done anything to make the screens more accommodating. Like we were talking about this in the Slack the other day, like Paul said, uh, there was the Game Boy Micro, wasn't there? Off the back of the Game Boy Advance and the Game Boy SP. Now, the Micro was designed to be portable you know like their, their their marketing spiel was for people on the go you know whip it out play it on the train then when you get told off play your micro but mm-hmm. it was just but it was designed so that the screen took precedence if you ever look at a picture of it it was designed so the screen was the the priority the focal point if you were and you know buttons were a, a necessity at the, the sideline but with these game gear micros they they've kind of done them to scale which is not good because the screens look terrible. They remind me of those. Do you remember those games that were like filled with water? They were like water ring toss ones. Do you remember those? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what they remind me of. Like all the peripheral video game surround around it, but the actual like quote unquote screen with them was was tiny. And that's what these Game Gear micros look like. They look like those old water toys. They look like the old um, like novelty shower gel type things. And yeah, and the fact that they're <laughs> they're saying if you buy all four at once, you can have a magnifying glass. 
essentially, a magnifying mount, just says they're going, yeah, we know. So, you know, pay extra and you can have this to really enjoy it. That's just, <laughs> that's like saying, that's like saying have a Game Boy Advance SP, but pay extra and you can have the top screen. You know, it just, it seems really unnecessary. Like you said, they're, they're, they're 45 quid each. So four of those is 180 quid, but the equivalent, 27,000 yen, was that the all four and the magnifying thing? Yes. So that's like another 50, 60 quid on top of that for something that's not going to make your eyes smaller than mine. It's, it's, ah. Oh. It's, I, I can't tell if it's serious. I mean, obviously it's serious because April was two months ago, but it seems so ridiculous. Like if you want people to remember the game gear, surely you'd want to make a system that people would enjoy, not torture themselves 50 quid a pop and go, yeah, God, this is just as bad as I remember, but at least it's not taking as many batteries. <laughs> and the fact that there are only, did you say it was four games per console? Yes. Okay. That's better than what I thought the initial report was one game per console, but game gear games can't be that big storage wise. Why can they only put four on one of them? Like they're on flash, like flash media, surely to make them collectible. Yeah, so they are—they are just novelty keyrings, then, basically. That—that's—that's that's my two cents on it. I mean, I'm not against like companies putting out novelty items. You know, we had the tribal SP, we've had various versions of DSs and all that kind of stuff. But if you're going to bring the Game Gear back, surely you would improve on what it used to be, not make it inherently worse. Like it seems to be, you know, cut your nose off to spite your face. Here's the Game Gear, but you only have four games per console. You want to play more games? Yep, another 50 quid, please. Plus the import fee from Japan. It, it's, yeah, it's an it interesting seems, one. Right? It's a very, like you said, it's it's niche, but it's a very weird novelty item. And it's going to be for collectors only that probably aren't going to play them. So again, it seems a bit ass backwards. This is the Greg I was waiting for. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> there <back>. he is. <laughs> I'm not getting rage. Uh, I'm, actually, I'm kind of like saying this, like, I can't believe yeah, I'm saying it's sort this of like a nice rage <laughs> nice it's like rant a, it's like a, it's like a, it's it's more of like a disbelief like i can't believe they're doing it but at the same time like wow they really are and we're uh well we're not mugs for buying into it because we're not buying them but i mean i'm not gonna buy any but it's it's almost like that incredulous disbelief of like wow who's gonna be dumb mm. enough to buy all four of those for 250 quid i've got my pre-order in already <laughs> no i haven't I really want to play sonic and tails <laughs> i really do i haven't played that game in decades toby what are your thoughts on this i don't have a huge amount to add I do think that, who, who, what was his name? Sean might be able to remind me what his name was. But the guy who said that this was going to be the biggest scoop since the PlayStation 5 reveal, you know, it's going to, for Mitsu's great big scoop, uh, and it was going to be this, that, and the other, and as big as the Wired thing. I just, he's the biggest troll. Like, I can't <laughs> believe <laughs> he's trolled ah, ah, ah. the whole gaming this world. Is, this, this is not announcement. That's true, it isn't. No, but I'm going to very briefly mention that in it. In a in a second, but yeah, of course, everyone thought that this is what they were talking about. So this is the first bit of news that came out, and I thought he was trolling us very, very, very hard. As you say, there is a little bit of other news, which was the real news, and so this Game Gear one was just sort of a joke. I thought. Uh, Sean Davies, your thoughts on the uh, Game Gear Micro? Back in 2017, Sega said that they were going to change, that they were going to they were going to take more care of their back compatibilities in their portfolio and they were going to you know be a different kind of publisher and then two years later they're just they're just back to being idiots again and it's it's a real shame because you know they've got so so many really great games and if they just took care with them they could be a really top publisher but they they really do just let retro classics just languish you know sega forever wasn't wasn't all it was cracked up to be the sega master mega drive collection had some really really bad issues and now this, which is just a cheap cash grab on some some Game Gear games, it's bad, bad. You know, modern day Sega is great. You know, all the games that they put out, you like a Yakuza and and the 
Sonic Mania, and they they're great games. They just don't take care enough about their old titles, and it's it's bothered me for a while now, and it's continue continue to bother me. So that's all I can add to this. I'm disappointed. Finally, Paul, you got, you're going to wrap this up. Not much more to what um, Sean said. I mean, I'm, I'm with Sean. I mean, Sega starting to wind me up now in how they just sort of just disregard all their fantastic old titles, and you got you got to ask yourself. Like, why are they doing this? Because, you know, a mini game gear, oh, it's a novelty keyring, like Greg said, fine. Um, but if you think about the money it costs to make the things and all this kind of stuff, why don't they kind of just make a normal-sized handheld console? Uh, you know, it looks like game gear, but it's a decent size, and it comes fully loaded with all the Sega Ages games or whatever it is, and you can maybe pay a little subscription, you get all the Sega Ages games, and you've got something that's actually worthwhile having if you like all the retro games. Do you know what I mean? But it's just like... Those those keyring things, it's just so small, so pointless. And four games per game gear, it's just like a massive rip-off. It's just I think it's a massive own goal by Seeger and uh it's pissed me off, to be fair. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> well, let's get into their actual uh, major announcement. Um I'm gonna read from Engadget. Uh Mr. Chris Holt uh, wrote this one up. Sega marked his 60th anniversary this week with a tiny version of the Game Gear, but that's not the only thing on the company's mind at the minute. According to Weekly Famitsu, via Kotaku, Sega will tap into powerful CPUs and GPUs in arcade machines as part of an ultra-low latency streaming system. It's calling the idea Fog Gaming, and it's based on Fog Computing. Devices in the Fog Computing system are much closer together physically than those in the cloud setup, which lowers the length of time it takes data to travel between them. As such, Sega reckons the Fog Gaming platform could reduce lag to less than a millisecond. Sega already has the basic infrastructure in place, at least in Japan, arcades are still prevalent enough for the Fog Gaming system to be viable. The company owns around 200 of them, and Sega machines are also prevalent in third-party arcades. I haven't got a lot to add to this, to be honest. (laughs) I don't think anyone really does. I don't think anyone in their wildest dreams considered this is what we were all getting hyped about. Anyone with a technical know-how can explain this to me. No. <laughs> this is just total silence. <laughs> I mean, this is the most Japanese idea I've ever heard because it will not work in any other country in the world. So it makes yeah. absolutely no difference to anyone who's going to listen to this podcast. You know, We don't have enough arcades at street level to make this work here or in America, or anywhere else in the world. This is Japan, Japan only, but it sounds great if it works. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I think that, I think that about sums it up. Uh, <laughs> well, anybody else want to add? Well, I I don't know, I'm, I'm glad Sean said something, because I was all there. Okay, cool. Nope, all right, let's move on then. <laughs> right, uh, this week there was, of course, meant to be the PS5 reveal. That's been moved due to situations in the world. So what we thought we'd do is go around the room and see what we're most looking forward to or what we think or hope could be at this PS5 reveal event. So I'm going to start with Mr. Paul Collett. What would you like to see from the PS5 reveal? Any games or any announcements? Any Would you like to see the console? What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see the console. I'd like to see the box. I'm, you know, I'll, maybe I'll approach things differently from other people, but, I, you know, as a design person, I kind of like... You know, the games are games. You're going to get, like, you know, Last of Us showing off and some shiny graphics. That's fine. It's very exciting. But I can't get excited by uh, how the console looks, um, how the box looks, how the colours work, the opening, turn it on, power-up screen. All these things really interest me, which is a bit odd, but, you know, whatever. Um, so I'd like to, I'd like to like, the stream come on, and the first thing you see is the opening intro when it's first power on the PS5. And it like, goes back to like the garden stage. Go, this is your box. Look at the graphics. 
topography, look at the colours. And then I'll be, oh, yeah, I'm so excited. And then, you know, throw some games in, why not? It's all good. You know, I'd like to see some real, like, proper, shiny, next-gen visuals, something to make you think, yeah, that's definitely next-gen. Definitely next-gen. So, you know, like, like that, what, that infamous Watchdog trailer, E3, as soon as that came on, you just knew, you thought, wow, that was definitely next-gen. You got excited. But, you know, it turned out to be a bit of a liar. But, you know, if, if, if Sony can come along and just, just show us exactly what we can expect, maybe not straight away, but at some point down the timeline of the PS5, then that'd be, you know, that'd be kind of cool. And I'd like to see, uh, you know, some, you know, Spider-Man 2, some Last of Us Part 3, very unlikely, but whatever. <laughs> uh, New God of War, you know, all the, all the, all the games we've uh, come to you know, love over PlayStation. I'd like to see the retro game, game, to be fair. And maybe like a, a surprise reveal, maybe like a, a trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6, for example. Just, you know, just a, you know, drop the mic at the end of the display. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's what I like to see. Yeah. It's the games that I'm going to get excited about. And, and if it's hardware, I'm going to get excited about, you know, new hardware, something that does something that we've never seen before. So when it was touch pad on the uh, DualShock, you know, that's exciting. That's interesting stuff. This one has haptics, supposedly. So I'd like to see the haptics gone into in quite a bit more detail because that's, you know, that's, not just a buzz from the dual shock it's meant to be you know proper feedback to your trigger finger and you know fit the feel of certain textures and things that's meant to be pretty cool so in terms of hardware that kind of thing i'd really like to see but yeah like i say i want games i want to see something some new ip that blows my mind i a bit like when horizon zero dawn's first gameplay trailer dropped and and when the ghost of tsushima one dropped and things those kind of Wow, that's amazing. That's next gen. Like Paul said, it's you know that kind of thing that makes you think that. A bit like the Unreal uh, trailer we had just the other week. So and I want them to definitely do what Sony's been doing well re- recently, which is to stick with gameplay. I don't want loads and loads of shiny cinematic trailers like we had on the Xbox One, um, because to be honest, it's just a bit of a, a lie. You just sort of get bored by it very quickly. And well, yeah, this isn't the game though, is it? This could be anything. Um, you know, I, I can see cinematics at any point in any game that's around at the moment. I want to see the game actually running. And in terms of three games that I think they should announce or show us footage of for the first time ever, God of War 2, as Paul said, God of War 2 would be, you know, very, very special to come out on the next generation console. It's got to be, it's got to be happening. It's got to be there. And it's, you know, it would make perfect sense for it to be something that they, uh, that they show now. Um, I'd really like to see Spider-Man 2 as well. Um, I think that's a great call. Uh, from Paul there as well. Um, but the one that I'd add is Horizon again. Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or Horizon 1 Dawn or Horizon Zero Dusk or whatever that sequel is going to be called. I think that has to be there as well. That's we, mm-hmm. We've had that. What's it? The the, um, the voice of Aloy um, that that uh, actress has Ashley said. Ashley Birch. Ashley Birch, that's her name. Um, she has said that, you know, she's been doing voiceover for it. We know it's a real thing. Um, and they've had, what, th- two years? Three years now, three years I think, to uh, to work on that. So be it could be well well enough near completion that there is stuff to show. Mm. And that's cool. probably it. I think it's uh, I think it's going to be exciting. An hour's worth of reveals could have a lot in it. Oh mate, Horizon Zero Dusk. I'm all about that. Horizon Zero Dusk. That's what I want it to be called. <laughs> and the awesome. third one is Horizon Zero Twilight. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Horizon Zero or Day Breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Uh, Greg Hicks, what are we looking for? Well, as you know, I'm not much of the sort of technical specs of things, so I'm not. 
obviously I'm generally quite cynical when it comes to trailers versus gameplay, so I'm apprehensive. But if we're going for like wish list stuff, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet really with just like the games I'd like to see. But like Toby said, Spider Man two, and like Paul said, God of War two, you know. That would be incredible. That would also be a necessary follow-on, really. It'd be, it'd be foolish not to. But I'd like to see another Bloodborne, because that's one of my sort of favourite games. Maybe not like another Sekiro, because that was a one-and-done. But Or even just the return to other franchises that these two have got, uh, that, that from software have got their fingers in. You know, like Tenju, a next-gen one would be amazing. But that's just, that's like far-flung wishlist stuff. I'd like to see Team Ico bring something back. I mean, look what they've done with... You know, Ico and Shadow of the Colossus originally, and then Last Guardian, it took a while. And then we had the Shadow of the Colossus remake from two years ago. So if they can do that, if Bluepoint can do that, then please do. Like, Bluepoint obviously made the remaster, uh, sorry, the remake, which leads me to that cryptic tweet, the one they put out a few months ago, if remembers. Yeah. Yeah. So they still haven't dealt their hand or shown their hand as to what they were thinking of. It was, it was rumoured it was going to be like Siphon Filter uh metal gear like a remaster of that but you know a continuation of siphon filter from from days gone dropping massive hints about it i mean these obviously personal wish list games i can't imagine i've got the 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 massive draw that triple a games need now because of costs and especially with everything going on at the moment but yeah i mean mine is just sort of like a wish list of games i like to see for long dormant franchises or i mean i could say i'd love to see a new game like a complete new ip but then I couldn't tell you what of because it would always be based on what I've played already. So I'm going to keep it safe and say I'd like to see continuations of X, Y, and Z on a new generation of consoles like other companies have done or made spiritual successes or in the mold of for the last 20 years. So, yeah, I mean, I couldn't tell you, you know, what new things I'd like to see or what will make any of those games better other than they would look nicer. Like Bloodborne 2 looks amazing. Uh, Sorry, Bloodborne looks amazing. So Bloodborne 2 would just you know be more of the same and i'd be happy with that so yeah i mean imagination wise when it comes to specs and all that kind of stuff you know no idea i just would love to see another console like the ps4 that's going to make me go yep i want to buy all those exclusives yeah i mean you'd imagine that it's probably time isn't it for yeah i mean there's there's enough demand for it like you know dark souls got three uh two sequels bloodborne i think is outsold two-thirds of the Dark Souls game, something like that. And it obviously, it did absolute numbers as a standalone game anyway, and it's getting ported to PC. So there's a massive outcry for it. And when it hits the PC market, that's going to, you know, shift units. So it would make sense for From to do something along the lines of that. You know, they, they did they did Bloodborne, they did Sekiro. So... Are you psyched for Elden Ring? Because that's the one they're actually making right now, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know, because I haven't seen much of it. And I don't, I'm honestly just forgotten about it until you mentioned it. So... It's because it's so under wraps. I don't know. But then I, I knew nothing about Bloodborne until someone uh, pointed out to me and I went, meh. And I tried it. It was difficult. And then someone got it for me as a birthday present. So I stuck with it. So yeah, there is Elden Ring. But I would more favor a Bloodborne too because that's more familiar for me. But again, I'm just keeping things like, you know, creature comforts, you know, what I what I would prefer based on what I play, not what the masses want. Did, did you hear the news, the Bloodborne related news out, to, out from the weekend? Oh, no, gone. I've been working all weekend, so I've missed... A bit. Okay, so so this has been, you know, doing the rounds, but the Bloodborne PC port isn't actually just a port; it's a remaster. Oh, okay. And it's the PS5 version too, and that's what Bluepoint are working on. Oh, okay. Like they're they're dropping the PC version that will go on to become the PS5 remaster. 
So no, no, they are releasing it on PS5 and PC simultaneously as oh, a remaster. Oh, I see. So the PC version will be the super shiny version with content that was originally cut from the original game. And the game will be remastered to have super... Because I don't know if you've seen recently, but a mod have managed to get it to run at 60 frames per second. Yeah, I saw some big in-depth Digital Foundry-esque thing about that. Yeah, so it's obviously capable. You know, if you can get it on PC and running, you can definitely run it at 60 frames per second. So that might be something that you would enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I probably... Well, who are we kidding? I probably would buy it if it was on PS5. <laughs> it's a remaster. Of course you're going to buy it. Of course I'm going to buy it, you know. <laughs> hey, Greg, it's the same game you've platinum or almost platinumed, but it's 40 quid now on a new console. Yeah, fine. And it comes in a shiny tin. <laughs> oh, you know me. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I just want to see more of more of the same but better, if that summarizes it. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to get. Something Something new but different and, you know, lots of contradictory statements, but... Yeah, just familiar things that will make me want to buy a new console and then expand from that. Mm. Fair enough. Sean Davies, wrap it up. Okay, so I kind of want to see what all of the Sony studios are working on that we don't know about. So I want to, I want to see what Insomniac are working on. And I kind of hope that that is both Spider-Man 2 and a new Ratchet & Clank because I think it would be a shame if Ratchet & Clank once again went into hibernation because the last game was good. The, go- the game before was good. And I think you need a kid's game to launch console with. And I don't think we're going to get Knack 3. I definitely want Knack 3. I would 100% take Knack 3. Oh, man, for sure. But a Ratchet, it's, it's, a, it's a dead sir, isn't it, surely? I mean, you'd, you'd hope so. But, I mean, it depends if Insomniac is so busy with Spider-Man. Because and I know they are a big studio. And they are capable of running more than one project at a time. But you kind of don't want Spider-Man being half-arsed. And I guess you know they've already got most of a first game they can they can use to pull from. But yeah, I just I just hope that we get both a Ratchet and a Spider Man. I want to see what um, the guys behind that game with the paintbrush and the colorful city. What the hell is it called? Concrete Genie. Concrete Genie. Yeah. So that team got absorbed into another studio, and they're kind of taking over that studio now. So I'm interested in what they're doing next. Uh, does that mean there won't be a, a sequel? I, I don't know if there will be a sequel. It might mm. be a sequel, but um, their game so far was that Entwined, which was like a puzzle game, and then that one. So yeah. they can they, they are kind of like a studio that bounces around for genres. I want to see Gran Turismo. I 100% want to see Gran Turismo. I just want to see all of these games running at the speed of what Sony is saying. And I think that would be the best thing for me is to see to see the the secret source that Sony keeps talking about, the fastest thing. You know, we've heard about this instant game demo where you press a button and the game, an entire demo loads on your PC without having to download it and you just play a demo of what the game is. And we've heard about this instant resume and that kind of stuff. I'd love to see that in in action because Microsoft have been talking this up for, for a while. You know, you'll be able to have two games up instantly and you'll be able to snap to the same position. And I want to see that working from anybody. Because if that is true, then that is like a game changer. Two different games running at the same time, instant load. That is phenomenal. Uh, and then lastly, uh, I want to see backwards compatibility. I want to see what Sony have got, got cooking. If it is just PS4, I want to see that they've considered enough games for it to, to matter. If it is more than that, if it's PS3, then I want to see that working. I want to see what that looks like. I don't think it is going to happen. I don't think we're going to see PS3 or PS2 now, despite me desperately wanting it to happen and Sony mysteriously leaving enough space for it on an icon during presentation. But I just don't think we're going to see it. 
and that's a shame. But uh, that that is what I want to see from the PS5 presentation. I want to see new games. I want to see them working at, at the speed that they've been touted at. I want to see backwards compatibility. And if they don't deliver on those things, then it's going to be weird. I don't think we're going to see the box. I think I think Paul's going to be left like high and dry on this this presentation because oh, that, think... that was a bit of a pipe dream because they never showed a box, did I? At the presentations, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if they're going to even show the console at this point because I'm not even sure if it's finalised yet. No, probably not. It's, I, want, I want to try and do something a bit different from just saying I want to see games. So I went down that angle instead. It's probably like, never going to happen, but you know, yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, I'm hoping that they're just going to spend an hour and 40 minutes, which it's apparently going to be, just announcing new games, showing you the ones that we've seen already, because we've not seen Wild for a very long time. Can you remember that? No? Yeah, it's the one with the the Anthro game, isn't it? No, no, this was was the guy who did Beyond Good and Evil, Pierre, something or other. But he he did a game where you play as like a shaman, and you're in a world... You have to. You can transfer yourself to any animal on the on the game and control that animal. We saw that there was like a really good demo from Gamescom a couple of years ago, which is worth a look. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, that's sort of what I meant. Is that what is that what you meant? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I didn't have a a clear memory of it, but I knew it was something to do with animals. Yeah, there's so many so many studios at this point that we don't know what is going on, and I just want to see all of that. Give it to me now. Inject it into my brains. Into your brains. Into my brains. Okay. Both Straight in there. Like scanners, like pew. nice. <laughs> what about you? What are you expecting? What do you want? I I want to see her. I'm with Toby. I want, I want to see Horizon. I honestly, I'm not fussed about any other first party right now. I know it's kind of sacrilegious to say, but I just couldn't get on with God of War, and I'm not really that fussed about sequel. I know it's going to be huge. I'm excited for people that want to play it, but you know, I know that I know Santa Monica are working on it. Of course they are, because it was huge. But I'm not that big on it, so I'm not really that fussed about it. I want to see, yeah, I want to see Horizon Zero Dusk. And I want to see it running on a new system. I'd love a, a, a new Ratchet & Clank. I think that would be awesome. i sort of reminded of when I played Ratchet & Clank. It was the first game that I played on my new 4K TV. And it was just absolutely stunning. It looked unbelievable. And those kind of graphics, those kind of like 3D Pixar-y visuals, they just look amazing when they're so crystal clear like that. And to see that on another generation would be, would be unreal. Um, maybe it will be unreal. Engine 5, who knows? I want to see G Police. I think that's time, to be honest, Sean. Yes. I think it's time for G Police to come back five generations later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What's uh, G Police? G Police is the one in the I game know. I played on PS1, and it's beautiful. And I want what? it back in my life. It was so good. It yeah, I never the owned the game. You realize there are better games than G Police on, P- on PS1. Oh, Warhawk, for example. That was much better. Yeah. Rival but I loved schools, it. Final Fantasy I seven, loved it. All right, leave me alone. I'll judge your games. God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was the only game I played on PS1 because it was a friend of mine had it. Oh, I loved it so much. So, you know, there, there's a lot I want to see. I don't, yeah, I'm with Sean. I don't think we're going to see anything practical. I think it would just be a games presentation, which is fine. This is exactly what they need to do right now after Xbox kind of shut the bed in that regard. Um, so long as they fill it up with gameplay, that they won kind of the, the early reveals. Um, Xbox have, you know, they've dropped a lot of stuff very early. And my argument to that is, well, they've got nothing else to show, have they? You know, they've got nothing else to do at this moment except for push the Series X. You know, PlayStation are still very much focused on pushing Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima. And so, yeah, let them take their time reading things because they haven't got anything to prove. You know, they've got nothing to push in people's faces and go, yeah, this is the PS5. You need it immediately like Xbox do because they've still got a generation to wrap up. And I think that, yeah, we're going to see 
a fair amount of games. I honestly think they've been pushed into this. I really don't think they didn't want, they didn't want to do it this early. Um, I imagine there would have been something around about the time of E3, not a press conference, but their own kind of thing. I honestly think that they've been kind of like hounded to do it by people who have seen Xbox go, hey, wait a minute, what's going on? Where are our games? And, and they've gone, oh, fucking hell, all right, let's just throw together a thing and just get it out there. Despite the fact that they still have two massive games to push before the end of the year. And I really think that we're going to see some first-party stuff, obviously, whether or not be be Spidey or God of War GT. Uh, yeah, I really think a kid's game, obviously, is going to be in there somewhere. I think EA are going to show FIFA and Madden and all that stuff. Probably not big reveals, but like announcements of them in this thing. And they'll save their reveals for EA Play a little bit later this month. So, you know, it's going to be a concoction of things that people want and things that people don't know that they want yet. You know, I don't think Naughty Dog won't be there because they won't probably won't have anything to show for four or five years at this point. And, you know, yeah, Insomniac could be split into two. Obviously, people want Spidey. A Spidey was only 2017, you know, it wasn't that long ago. And so whether or not we'll see an announcement of Spidey 2, but maybe not gameplay um, remains to be seen. I think that's probably the route they're going to go. So it's all very exciting. And, you know, it's always fun to be excited about a new generation. The hype the hype train kind of starts and it's it's really exciting to see what comes out. So honestly, anything they show, I'm going to be cool with because it's just it's new gen and it's fun. You know, reveals are just fun, aren't they? So looking forward to it whenever it will be. I was so hyped for this week, but I understand. So, yeah, just give it to me, Sean Layden or whoever is in charge at this point. I can't remember. Jim Ryan. Jim Ryan. That's it. <laughs> give it to me, Jim Ryan. I don't care. I'm like Sean. Just just inject it and I will see what comes out on the other side. Right. Talking about going forward, let's look back a little bit. So the generation is winding up. And so we wanted to talk about this generation, the Xbox One, the PS4, the Switch kind of generation that we're just about to slowly ease out of uh, before these next generation consoles come along. And kind of our favorite moments, kind of those ideal reveals and things like that about what is I mean, we could stretch this to another podcast. I reckon there's probably a hell of a lot to talk about, but we're going to kick it off uh, here. And um, I'll start with uh, Mr. Sean Davies. When you look back at the last kind of seven years of, of games, what do you think really stands out to you the most? And what, what do you think you could get super excited about whenever like someone brings that up or brings that moment or, or that game up? Um, I, I think rather than like specific games, it's the whole movement of this generation. Um, because when I think about the like standout moments from this gen, I think like Destiny and Destiny 2. And I think that persistent on- online universe that, that hadn't existed previously. These it was a, a movement forward in an entire genre. And some of some of the elements have fallen out elsewhere. You've got now the lo- the looter shooter genre, which didn't exist, and the hero shooter genre, which didn't exist. And you look at the race genre when previous years we've had arcade or simulation. Now we've got totally weird things. We've got Onrush. You know, you, you think about this generation and, and what's changed. Everything has changed. Every genre has evolved. Um, but one of the weird things about this, this generation is that we, we've now become very accustomed to microtransactions. And I think about the, the games that I've really enjoyed, they've all been in there. You know, you, you look at the Destinies, where I've spent a lot of my time. You think about Star Wars Battlefront 2, where it was my most online played game of the PS4 is Star Wars Battlefront 2. And it started with loot boxes and microtransactions. And it just feels like a, a big phasic shift there. And, you know, looking at it, that's because games cost more and publishers need to make more money. But, you know, it's it's something that's probably going to change as we move forward too. But yeah, it's there's been so many good games this this generation. I think 
the, the, despite the fact that I know you didn't enjoy it, I think God of War is the standout for me because that is a game that's narratively really forward thinking. It's, it's one of these games that you could write a dissertation on because there are so many layers to the narrative. And that is something that we sure we, we've had, we've had decent narratives in the past, but nothing as in depth as this. It's a game which is meta in the fact that it looks back on itself on the history of the franchise and what it's ashamed of and how it's moving forward. It's a game that casts mothers in a, in a very weird light to begin with and with, to, to end with, but throughout there's, there's a, a reckoning and a journey. There's a, a very poignant part about, you know, sons becoming their fathers and how parenting and nurture and nature affects the kids. It is so deep in so many different elements that I, I still think about different elements of that game today. I haven't played it for a year, and there's still parts of that game that I think are phenomenal. And I think moving forward, I think that raised the bar in this genre, in this generation for narrative games. It's you know it's not perfect, um, but I'm hoping that a, a sequel, when it comes, will will perfect that. So that that would be my pick, despite the fact that I know that you don't like it, Roscoe. Well, no, I mean, yeah, I couldn't get on with it, but I understand it. You know what I mean? I get it. I understand the storytelling. One of the aspects of it that I loved so much was the lack of a loading screen ever. Yeah. The fact that loading screens were hidden behind either cutscenes or gameplay. And it was just one seamless game was unbelievable, wasn't it? And it was just incredible. Not a single camera cut in the entire game. Not a single one. It was amazing. And that hasn't been done since. Or ever. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I really think that that may be something we see a lot more in the next generation uh, because of this new technology mm. and so yeah I understand God of War I just didn't particularly get on with it which is fair because you know it, it, it's it's Marmite you know it's it's an old guy walking through <laughs> through I don't know if it is I think I'm on the wrong side of history on this one to be honest no, it, it, not, not every game can appeal to everyone you know yeah I think it's 90-10 to be honest but uh Paul Collett, I think we're going to share similar things. I'm going to go into mine a bit later, but um, what's your lasting memory from the last seven years? So there's been some good and some bad things, I reckon, for the past seven years. I mean, I'll go for the bad things first, and I think if they can if they can sort this out for the PS5, I'll be very happy, and that is the amount of unfinished games that get launched on launch day, and they rely on patches and downloads that you have to like do on day one before you can... Uh, get get to play the game, and I, that really winds me up because you know sometimes you just want to like turn the. You're so excited, you've got this brand new game. Oh yes, I'm so excited, and then you put it in the console. Oh, you know, 50 gigabyte install, 50 gigabyte download patch. Oh, the guy's face is still missing. Here's another patch for you. I don't think that's a very like a terrible sort of way of doing business. You know what I mean? It's like you know, it's oh, it just it just winds me up saying chronic. So I'm hoping that that will sort of be eradicated at some point within the next generation. So that's my lasting bad thing about PS4 era. But the good news is that the thing that really kind of blew my mind uh, was the introduction of virtual reality. You think, oh, it can't be that good. I mean, I remember when it first came out way back in the 90s, these big, chunky things, and it just made you feel sick. It was disgusting. And you're not really like, you know, I was never really that keen to get back into it, but, you know, the PSVR came out, and, you know, you played Resident Evil 7, for example, or Super Hot, and you just like, your mind is blown. It's just, it's an absolutely proper game change. It's not just better graphics. It's not just better sound, better story. It's it's puts you right in the middle of the game. And if you've never played Resident Evil 7, 
in VR. You've never seen anything like it. It's the scariest, most immersive. Oh, God, I couldn't complete it. I was just so damn scared, you know what I mean? So, you know, and it actually blew my mind about what was possible in the future. So I'm hoping the PS5 VR headset is going to be like a big thing. You know, things like Super Hot uh, blew my mind and there's Tetris. Uh, Tetris Effect, which was with those particles and the soundtrack, it, it, it was massive for me. It was such a game changer. You know, you can have your open world games, pretty much the same as the last one, you know, different characters, different worlds, etc. But it's an open world game, fetch quests here, fetch quests there. You know, and they're enjoyable. And I like them and I buy them. But, you know, in terms of actual physically changing the way you play games and actually putting you in the game, it absolutely just blew my mind. And, I, and I'm so excited to see what comes next for the VR because, like I said, it's just something that just, just you know, it just blew my mind. And I think that is my lasting memory of the PS4 era, even though it comes sort of fairly late into its lifespan. Um, game-wise, you know, I'm, I'm with uh, Sean off on Destiny. Um, that really fired up my imagination when it when it launched. The, uh, you know, the, the, the whole world, the, the constant on world online thing um i really enjoyed that and and i i slot resogun <laughs> it's a game that stuck with me since the very day i bought the ps4 to the even to today i still play it so that's a game it's just it, it, it it's just so pure in its arcade magicness if that makes any sense it's just a shoot em up and it's just made of pixels and, and blocks or whatever it's it's a very it's a great game very simple premise but it's very quite tactical as well so um that's all stuck in my library ever since day one of PS4. So, and it's still there today. So, um, that's my two games that stood out for me, really, in this generation. Excellent answer. Thank you. Ah, oh, Tetris Effect. Oh, oh I got the soundtrack the other day. It's just like, it's mind blowing. Oh, that's incredible, isn't it? Finally out. You can go and get the oh, Tetris no. Effect soundtrack now. Oh, it's incredible. Well, oh. uh, Toby Anderson, your lasting memory, your favorite games of this generation. So, I'm surprised by the last two. I I found I, I totally agree that this generation has been the looter shooter destiny multiplayer generation. It really has. But I find those games left me behind. I found those games bored me um, a lot because they just they didn't really have these great narratives. They weren't really these great experiences to me. They were just get in there, shoot lots of stuff, get you know rare loot, then get legendary loot, then log in every every day just trying to do these things over and over and over again i'm sorry to say animal crossing sounds like it's doing a little bit of the same thing if you have to go in there every single day but um hey 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 i'm sorry i'll take i'll take it back um (laughs) (laughs) and um what what i want from games and and it's maybe just to do with you know being such a sort of story head I, i i i like that narrative experience i i read a lot of fantasy novels and 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 sci-fi novels and I'm I'm a writer I want stories right so I was I was far happier this generation with the whole EA fallen order gate that happened the whole we shouldn't make single player games anymore they're dead and then getting proved so incredibly wrong um I thought that was absolutely fantastic it was um I was just like yes we've proved something special there that that single player games are important and should be kept and it's a genre that will never die and it's god of war and it's and and, and fallen order are, are good examples of it it's, it's that narrative focus that i i really really want so um i picked two i'm going to pick just two games um or maybe mention a third but i i, I sort of picked two that i thought were the sort of defining narrative experiences and i won't i won't use god of war because it's already been talked about but um horizon zero dawn 
I've mentioned it already today, but it's uh, it was the thing. It was the most incredible looking brand new experience that I'd ever seen. And to then actually fire it up and find a storyline that was so incredibly intricate and this massive mystery of the post 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 apocalyptic world, um, robot dinosaurs. The first time you see a robot dinosaur is just mind blowing. And then it, it comes with this game that's just almost perfect in every regard. It's one of the only two or three games I think I'd have given a 10 to in the whole generation. Um, and I just, I couldn't believe it. I, I was so bowled over by every single part of that game. Um, and it's still the game that I would look back and go, yeah, if you bought your PS4 and you didn't play Horizon Zero Dawn, you missed out on the PS4, you know, the best thing that was ever on it, in my opinion. The other one that I want to bring up was um, much, much smaller than that. And it's mainly because it was such a honed and perfectly realized experience in a small space, right? And it was Plague Tale Innocence. I normally hate games where you have to drag, you know, a small NPC person around, um, like Resident Evil 4 and things. So just when someone, some NPC that you don't really want to care about and you have to drag them all over the place um, and worry about them getting killed by zombies and all that kind of stuff. Really, really annoying. But in A Plague Tale Innocence, they kind of took that concept and they made it into something where you actually gave a shit. And you cared about this little boy and his um, his sort of different affinities that he had with the rats. Um, and the whole thing was just this, um, it's just a wonderful sort of honed and tiny version of what Horizon Prosper is on, on, the big, on, the, on a big scene. Is the physics of the rats, the storyline that came with those, the lights that you could use to move them around. Every part of the crafting system was realized exactly to do with the storyline. And then the story was just so perfectly put together. I was just like, every single beat in this is perfect. It was, it just had everything that was so satisfying to play. And um, when I, and stealth, I love stealth games. So I know it had a bit of stealth to it as well. And I really just, I found that one just so incredible. I just was not expecting it um, i think that's the um the real sort of uh, kicker on that um and then just as a just very small little version so uh, celeste and um children of mortar were uh, two just much much smaller budget 2d you know one's a twin stick and one's a, a platformer but um they just had these fantastic storylines to them really really brilliant ideas for um celeste is like this uh it's sort of mental illness uh, sort of storyline and, and overcoming mental illness and um, with this amazing soundtrack and just it's so so hard but it was just brilliant because it was all tied together by that narrative and um children of mortar had this um bite-sized narrative that um rogue lights i find tricky a lot of the time because there's just no nothing to them to keep me going back and um, whereas that one had this really brilliant bite-sized narrative to it where you just got a little snippet more of their lives every time you went back and I was just like I want more I want more I want more every single time and it just it took me all the way to the end of the game we're absolutely happy with a big smile on my face so uh that's it I, I it's the same as every generation I think if I find to sum that up it's I still want a single player experience that will blow me away and if that's not happening then I'm sad and that has still happened and I'm still happy fantastic um I can uh, second that go and play a Plague Tale Innocence, everyone. It's awesome, isn't it? Absolutely brilliant. And it's been... It's getting a sequel, which is very exciting. Really? And it's, I didn't uh, know that. Uh, yes, it was announced uh, earlier this year. Again, with the name t- with the titles, A Plague Tale Experience this time? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, very exciting. And uh, yeah, it, I still feel it's been quite overlooked this generation. So second dip, go and get it. Finally, uh, Mr. Greg Hicks, these last seven years, what has yeah. uh, been the most exciting for you apart from Star Wars Pinball? <laughs> that was fun. Well, innovatively wise, I've come around on the Switch. You know, uh, at first I thought it was a gimmick, so 
I'm now quite happy to say I'm a Switch owner. Obviously, I like Switch, but it's still quite impressive to see where it's come from, from the inception three and a half years ago. And I went, oh, that sounds as shit as the Wii U. In terms of technical fees, like, again, I don't really go for that kind of stuff. So I'm just going to keep it short and sweet with a few games that have really just defined this generation for me. Uh, Well, a few a few games and what they bring with them, really. Um, I mentioned Bloodborne earlier. That's a standout favourite because it really changed my mind on a certain style of games. You know, the Souls Born, as it is. Uh, I never really got into it. You know, 2012 when Dark Souls came out and I'd, I'd heard of Demon Souls, didn't realise they were linked. And I remember trying Dark Souls when a colleague at work gave me his copy the day after he bought it and went, just just try that for me, see if it's not me being rubbish. And he wasn't being rubbish, it's, it's a Nails game. So that someone got me Bloodborne and it turned my opinion around to, to try other games of that ilk. And I've gone on to complete The Surge 2 because, you know, we got it for review and I was really keen on it. So that's changed my bias around on those kind of games that it, to me is a positive because it makes you try other ones. The Witcher 3, because it really changed my opinion of sort of Western RPGs. Now, I've played Mass Effect 1, 2 and 3. I've played, obviously, the, the mainstream Fallouts, 3 in New Vegas, that kind of thing. Didn't like 4 very much, but... If you want to call The Witcher a Western RPG, even though Poland's to the east of us, I put 210 hours into that game originally on the PS4. And it's on Game Pass as well, and I've even started it again on that. And that's without the DLC, so that that's had a lasting effect on me. But in terms of games in particular, I'm going to sort of make it a category. I don't know, we, we've joked about it this week and many times before, but the remastering of certain games... And I don't mean just like like remastering as in like the HD, here's a glossy version of it. I mean the remakes, like the Shadow of Colossus remake. I'm not using hyperbole. It, it's fantastic. It looks beautiful. Like Team Ico had a thing for like shonky looking games that were cute. You know, they, they were rough around the edges kind of thing. And Shadow of the Colossus literally was. But Bluepoint have rebuilt the game. And I, I know it made it my game of the year in 29, uh, sorry, 2018's game of the year in 2019. And that it's, it's fantastic. It, that is the epitome of games as art and following on from that um i know i haven't really been like its biggest advocate because i've i've grumbled about it but like the fact that 20 odd years later we're seeing remakes of final fantasy 7 and yeah it, it's it's changed form from what it used to be but that is we're living in a timeline where we're seeing games being built up from scratch i mean it has happened in the past i know like like Rygar, Altered Beast, you know, they've they've had remakes. Shinobi, we talked about it last week. But to see something that's held in such high esteem like Final Fantasy VII being remade is phenomenal, like gripes aside. Resident Evil 2 and 3. Now, 3 was a bit of a wash, and they've only announced... They've said recently they're not announcing any more DLC from it. It's a short and sweet game, and that's what you get. But I, I made Resident Evil 2 my game of 2018, or one of my games of 2018, along with Shadow of the Colossus. Because on a personal level, seeing seeing childhood not childhood delights but like things that defined your childhood like i i love resident evil 2 it's one of my favorite games ever you know final fantasy 7 i know i prefer the eighth one but seeing those things of my early teenage years upwards being built to a, not just to please the fans but but the, the, we're living in a generation where they're, they're doing that and they're rebuilding these things with the technology it's almost like the first one was a blueprint and now these new ones are deviations from the original source but they're pleasant deviations. You know, I, I'm not going to talk for ages about how much I love Resident Evil 2 or Shadow of the Colossus more than I have already. And like I said, Final Fantasy 7, despite its faults for me, it's just incredible to see these things realised some 20-odd years later or even 10 years later or so. No, hang on. 14 years later or so in the case of Shadow of the Colossus. 
it's just an incredible time in console generations that enough time has passed that these IPs can be brought into new light. So for me, in this generation particularly, has seen a resurgence of things I loved 20 odd years ago, and then some just being just being revisited. And, you know, pros and cons aside, it's been a fantastic time to, to see these things in, in this in this timeline. So yeah, for me to take away, I know we joke about you know, I like remastered games and stuff like that. And I do buy HD remakes and stuff like that just for, for nostalgia bait. But to see childhood or teenage things being realized again is it's great. And yeah, I'm a sucker for it. But I'll hold my hand up on that. There's nothing wrong with that. Man. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying it is like I'm not ashamed of it. I, I, otherwise, we wouldn't take the piss out of it. <laughs> no, I mean, that has been kind of like a shining point in the generation for you, isn't it? The return yeah, of these uh, games that you love so much as a kid. Yeah, exactly. Like when they get announced, I'm, I'm kind of. It's it's always with positive apprehension. Like uh, obviously, Resident Evil Seven deviated to first person. Resident Evil Six was bullshit. Resident Evil Five was co-op based. So the series had hit a decline. And when they announced Resident Evil Two, and they did that that baiting thing of like, is it going to be first person? Is it going to be third? What are they going to do? And yeah, you know, it was great. And yes, you could be a sad purist and go, yeah, but they've changed this, that, and the other. And yeah, I know I've said the same kind of thing about Final Fantasy Seven, but take it out of the context of how much you love the original, and they're both good games but compare it to what you loved about the original and see it as a comparative pros cons what we like now how we're living uh, how it's relate to a modern age of gaming and you've got some great experiences and it's great to have the memories of old stuff running alongside the the new experiences of these remakes yeah no completely so that's been my sort of take of the generation and like you said going forward but looking back that's pretty much encapsulated what what remastered and remake games do for me Man, imagine what's going to come next. I know. Do you think pa- we're going to see that Pac-Man. Uh, that <laughs> Pac-Man remake? That Fables uh, Metal Gear Solid remake? Oh, th- I think that's that unfortunately is a ship that sailed with the with the divorce of Konami and Kojima. I think that would be that that's they a remade place. it once. Well, yeah, they made Twin Snakes and Twin for some Snakes, reason yeah. For some reason people don't like it. I mean, it was a bit over the top because it had the um the the choreography was directed by the director of Versus. I don't know if you've watched that old martial art film. It was it was over the top like snake back flipping off missiles and then fan theories going oh no that's just what Otacon thinks he's doing and it's all a bit weird but I didn't have a problem with Twin Snakes but no I don't think we'll ever see a fully realized Metal Gear Solid remake on PS5. I really think at least anyway. (laughs) I really think Sony might just cut them a check and go you know what we've got Kojima. Well, if Sony did take the rights to Metal Gear, Silent Hill, and all that, you imagine like a full, full realized remake of Silent Hill, the first one. That you know, not not shattered memories. I mean, like a full remake. That would be, yeah. Again, we just we could talk for hours about retrospective games we'd like to see remote, like reboot. But to summarize, yeah, just the the generational improvement of old titles has been my my takeaway from this. The new Metal Gear with going full Kojima. Imagine. Oh Oh, Lord, have mercy. I guess I round it out. I think, honestly, the biggest thing for me was, before any of the consoles even came out, it was the battleground of Xbox and PS4. And I remember it clear as day. It was like 2013 E3. Xbox just completely blew it with whatever it was they were planning. And everyone went, hang on, what? Your games are tied to the console. They have to be online 24-7. What's going on here? And then, like, what, three days later or two days later, Sony going, Here's how you trade games on PS4. And that video of Adam Boyne and uh, Yoshida was just unbelievable. And that was like, okay, PlayStation are not fucking about this time. They're pure customer-facing. And 
Yeah, I think it's probably lessened so. I think the scales have definitely tipped in that favour to Microsoft over the last couple of years. But, you know, it's been said a million times, but Sony's first-party output this generation has been unbelievable. And that's what kept me as a PS4 player all the way through. Xbox, you know, haven't impressed me at all this generation. And PlayStation just took the ball and ran as far as they possibly could with it and made an incredible generation full of great games. Like Toby said, narrative-driven games that were that were all, you know, if not great, they were they were all at least good and they were all worth playing. And that sticks with me because it went, you know, Sony weren't messing around. They were completely on board to just destroy Xbox this generation and that's exactly what they did. And as a fan of the industry, it was quite amazing to watch, you know, to see Nintendo rise from the ashes again and bring out a console that not only kind of up the ante for what they can do with video games again but also become enormously successful with it as well you know it's it's just it was amazing to watch as a fan of nintendo and now we have a console which has full 1080p realized versions of animal crossing and mario kart and a brand new mario 3d game and there's still more to come the console is only three years old you know there's still so much more that it can be and to look back on it as a whole you know when i went out and got my ps4 queuing up in asda taunton at midnight with my friend liam you know, desperately hoping that they had some left. They had 25, and me and Liam were 24 and 25 in the queue. You know, that's <laughs> that's how crazy it was. I took it home. I didn't have any games. I couldn't afford any games with it. And so I signed up to PS Plus, and I got Resogun and Contrast. And those were my two games for it for possibly three weeks, maybe a month. And I had an absolute blast. I remember getting our first review code for PS4, which was Assassin's Creed Black Flag. And it came through the door... It was Paul's review, so I sent it to him, but I played it for about an hour before I sent it to him. And Didn't we swap that for Knack, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I had Knack, you had Assassin's yeah. Creed. <laughs> and, you know, those those are the moments that stick with me. You know, getting excited about it, posting articles about it. We were Hey You Guys Gaming at the time of the, uh, the launch, and it was just such an exciting time. And we're going through it again now, you know, that, that lead up to a new console. And I don't think there's one sort of, like, singular game this generation that I can count as my favorite. We look back at like Night of the Woods and What Remains of Edith Finch, Firewatch, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, all these walking sims. I don't know what it was about them, but they just spoke to me this generation. And all of them told beautiful, immersive, amazing stories. And I think that generation, this generation, has really encapsulated indie, the, the indie movement and how games like Edith Finch and Rapture and Firewatch can actually cross over to a mainstream audience because they're just good games and that's all people want at the end of the day they just want good video games to play and that's what sony just grabbed onto and made the ps4 a really great console and that's what nintendo continue to do every generation regardless of how crap their technology is so there's there's so much to kind of celebrate and so much to be excited about about what we've had and that's why i'm so excited about the possibility of compatibility i'd love to keep it going i love i'd love to sell my ps4 pro no, I, mean, I don't need it anymore, and I can keep all my games that I cherish and love so much from this generation. I've got over 600, I think, in my library, and obviously I don't play all of them anymore, but I love a lot of them. And to be able to kind of like play Rapture or play Edith Finch or even Firewatch on a on a better system to make it look even prettier, I mean, that's just that's a hugely exciting prospect for me. And so, you know, the the walking sim for some reason is what sticks with me when I think about it, and Night of the Woods, you know. The rise of the Battle Royale, I know kind of like three-fifths of this podcast don't like them, and I get, I understand that, I get it. Uh, but I loved PUBG, and I love Fortnite, and I loved, oh, what was the name of it? What was the name of Cliffy B's one? 
Radical Heights? Lawbreakers. Radi- no, oh, no, Radical Heights Radical was Radical the oh, yeah. 80s inspired one, yeah. Yeah, that kind of like, it came out in super early, early access. It was broken as hell and nobody played it. Yeah, because it came out. <laughs> BMXs and stuff, couldn't you? And shoot each yeah, other yeah, whilst yeah. on BMXs. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good concept. Yeah, and like the rise of Apex Legends and how a whole new genre was, was born this generation. You know, it was just still very exciting. Uh, kind of like the rise and fall of Telltale was just a fascinating thing to watch from the from the sidelines. And, man, what seven years it's been. It's crazy. I can't believe it's over or nearly over. It's been a good time. I salute you, PS4, Xbox One, to an extent. And Nintendo Switch, it's been a great time. Uh, right. Thanks, beautiful. man. <laughs> I mean, it's been a, it's been an amazing generation, isn't it? It does. I just, I just Agreed. As you spoke, I was like, yeah, yeah, this this has been a wild seven years. And you put it very succinctly, so thank you very much. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to hand it over to you now for the Indie Corner. Okay, well, welcome to the Indie Corner. Given what's happening in the world right now, I thought that I might use our platform um, to amplify some voices that aren't ever heard on our platform. So all of these games that I'm going to talk about now were built either entirely or by part by black creators. And uh, they are all very, very cool. So the first game I want to talk about is called Where Cards Fall. It's currently out on Apple Arcade. So Paul, go and play this one because it sounds like it actually might be right up your street. It's a life story where you build houses of cards to bring formative memories to life. Um, you basically create houses using cards, and as you do so, a story is created. Um, you create pathways through dreamlike spatial puzzles to navigate the insecurities and emotions of high school and beyond. The art style is brilliant, and the trailer, the music in the trailer is very, very cool too, so I hope that is actually in the game. And I kind of hope this comes to other platforms soon, because uh, this looks like one of those things that those games on Apple Arcade that could really do well elsewhere. There are 50 puzzles in the game, and as you unlock them, you unveil a coming of age story told entirely without dialogue. Uh, so that was Where Cards Fall, and it's out on the Apple Arcade now. So the second game is called Nor, and I think I'm pronouncing this right. It's N O U R, and it's a Kickstarter game that finished its Kickstarter, I think it was two years ago and was due to come out in 2019, but it's still in development. And it looks brilliant. And I'll be honest with you, it's, it looks brilliant because it made me incredibly hungry. <laughs> so, so this game is all about the aesthetics of food. Um, it's, it's a game that allows you to explore the aesthetics of food. It's developed by TJ Hughes, and he's partnered up with a couple of other people in order to make this game. Um, basically, you get to make and play around with cool-looking food. Uh, You might remember me talking about Bento, the Bento box game. This has a very similar art style, but far more detailed. And it's based... Do you know these, like, gifts that do the rounds on internet or, like, Pinch of Nom and all those kind of weird things on Facebook where they basically stylize food? Well, this is, like, to the extremes. Um, There's, like, this ramen that falls from the sky into a soup, and it looks fantastic. There's popcorn that you can, like, basically shake around. A load of toasters all lined up that go off. There's, like, a milkshake that randomly comes together somehow, defying all kinds of physics. And my favourite, there is a bathtub full of ice cream with a shower that shoots out sprinkles. And all of this is kind of, like, just bits that you get... (laughs) Sold! 
And exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it just sounds like a very cool game. It's not like a, your traditional game. It sounds like something that you can just like mess around in. And it's all around food. So obviously it was going to appeal to me. Um, <laughs> but the, the last Kickstarter update was in March. And um, TJ Hughes had said that he's teamed up with a couple of the partners that are, he's calling his sous chefs, which I thought was very, very clever. Um, <laughs> but the, the game is, is coming out soon. So take a look at that. It's, it's called Noor. N-O-U-R, and it's coming out for PC and Mac. And the last game I wanted to talk about is called Validate, or, or Valley Date, Struggling Singles in Your Area. And this is coming to Steam in Q1 2021. So this is a romantic visual novel game about 12 adults in Jersey City, and they are navigating their relationships and the harsh realities that come with these, these new relationships that they make. These 12 characters that you can play as, they are all like super charismatic characters. Um, there's there's different body shapes, different gen- genders, different sexual orientations, different likes, dislikes. They're, basically, it is the most diverse cast of characters I have ever seen in a, in a video game. And I'm incredibly impressed because they've all got personalities that I it feels like they've drawn from people that you probably have met in real life. So there's like there's one character who's a, a marriage counselor, but this marriage counselor also thinks that romance is dead. And and one of their sayings is, "Marriage is a scam created by the government to make people depend on one another." Now I have definitely heard people in real life say that. So, so it's like that most <laughs> most of these characters have got some kind. Of, they, they feel like really human characters. This is made by a, a team. They're calling themselves Validate Game Teams. They, they're just basically they've come together to make this game. It's got a really cool art style, uh, and there's there's a lot of hours of gameplay in here. And it doesn't seem like the uh, game is going to be particularly choosy on who you can date and and what kind of what kind of sexual orientation you need to be to date somebody. I think it's going to be a lot like what the, that game, dating game that I played recently. God damn, I can't remember. It's off the top of my head. But basically, it, it's it's going to be one of those ones where it's very diverse and you can... Arcade something. Arcade Spirits, thank you very much. But yeah, this this game looks incredible and it looks like it's going to be something quite special. And it, it's it's got a lot of, lot of brilliant characters in. So that's coming out on uh, Steam and it's coming in Q1 2021. And that's called Validate Struggling Sting Singles in Your Area. Grant, thank you very much, Sean. Thank you. All right, then it's time for the long-awaited quiz answers with Mr. Sean Davies. Okay, then, let's let's get this done. Oh. Okay, so question one <laughs> was, uh, they told me, son, you're special, you're born to do great things. You know what? They were right. Uh, Greg, what game was that from? It was from Bioshock. Bioshock is correct. One out of ten! Well yeah. done. <laughs> Paul, did you get that? I did get that one, yeah. See, he's sitting there moaning about not getting any, and he's got well, one already. Uh, yeah, well, I was lucky, because um, obviously Bioshock was on PSN the other day, so I, I loaded it up, and that sort of... I the more important question it. is, to- did Toby get it? I did. Yeah! Fucking hell! <laughs> We're okay. all out of the gate. <laughs> right. Question two. Hi, my name's Gabrish Threepwood, and I want to be a pirate. Uh, Toby, what's that? I'm going for Secret of Monkey Island. Secret of Monkey Island is correct. Look at this. We're smashing this. No, I put Escape from Monkey Island. (laughs) 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 Okay, question three. Paris in the fall, the last month of the year at the end of the millennium. The city holds many memories for me of music, of cafes, of love and of death. Roscoe? 
Uh, yeah, this is where it all fell off for me. So yeah. no idea. <laughs> right. Has anyone got an answer for this? Is it broken uh, sword? Broken sword is correct. I put saboteur. I mean, that is that was a good punt. When a, I read that, yeah, I, I thought that was that was a very good point. Um, but yeah, it's broken sword, the shadow of the Templars. Question yeah, four. Uh, question four. I'm in, I'm in Mark... a good mood. I'm not getting annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question four. Long, long ago, a tiny hamlet known as Kamiki lay nestled in a grove of proud and beautiful cherry blossoms. Each and every tree around the quiet burg was honoured as a god. Toby, what have you got for this? I went for Okami. Okami is correct. Oh, oh fair play. I put I put giants, citizen Gazbuto. Gods. I mean, we're going obscure, so you know. No, it was the cherry blossoms and Kamiki. I was like, there we go. I was thinking Kamiki. I was like, is he the Japanese or is some fictional one of the villagers god type thing? Nice. Okay. Question five: The human mind, six hundred miles of synaptic fiber, five and a half ounces of cranial fluid, one thousand five hundred grams of complex neural matter, a three-pound pile of dreams. Roscoe, what have you got for this? Yeah, I don't know. Paul. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely no idea. Uh, Greg, is it Rise of the Robots? No, it's not Rise of the Robots. Oh no, I put Toby. Past, you I you are my last hope. <laughs> I've gone for the Outer Worlds, the scientist. You guy. could have said. Oh. You could have said Toby Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Do you want to say that? I'll, I will. Uh, I will cut it out. No, no, I'm not stealing Greg's lines. Greg, can keep <laughs> the answer was Psychonauts. Uh, yeah, that game that everyone loves, but no one's played. <laughs> yeah, it's better. Everyone goes trophy on it. God damn it! <laughs> Everyone goes, oh psychonauts. Yeah, it's amazing. Never played it. All right, okay. Uh, well, question six. Good evening, Professor. I see you have driven here in your Ferrari. Oh, come on, come on, Roscoe. We've got to get this one right. All right, Greg. Greg, what's the answer? I put another world. Another world is correct. Yes. yes! <laughs> because I just nice. remember it's an Eric Chahi game, and he rocks up and because it they they yes. put a slip on Twitter the other week of of the drawing he found his drawing pad, didn't he? Yeah. And how he rotoscoped oh. from his sketch pad of the Ferrari pulling up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a punt! I thought well you were going to so be pernickety and go. It's actually called Out of This World in America. Ah, no, no, just no. <laughs> okay, question seven. What a relief! I thought you'd never wake up. You were tossing and turning. What, Zelda? No, my name's Mirren. You must still be feeling a little woozy. Paul, what's that? Zelda. No. Which idea. one? <laughs> uh... Oh wait, 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 wait! <laughs> no, 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 no. First answer. Wait. First answer. Zelda, no answer, is no Zelda game. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Quickly goes to Google. Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. no. I said Zelda. Yeah. You said which one? I just said Wind Waker. That's my first answer. That's wrong. Oh, well, it's not Wind Waker, so no. It's wrong then, fine. I'm going for Greg's, <laughs> Greg's favourite one. Oh, I thought you said no idea. Okay, sorry. For, my uh, bad. Which, which one's my favourite one, Toby? Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening is correct. But that's not my favourite one. It's not. Shabu. I thought it was. No, Link to the... Pass is my favourite one. All right. You don't even know me. Okay, uh, question eight. Rise and shine, Mr. Freeman. Rise and shine. Toby. Half-Life, but I've gone for two. Half-Life 2 is correct. Yeah. Yes. Questions for a right man in the right place. Question nine. It is done. The message is delivered. We are gone from this world. All of us. We can do no more. The rest is up to you, Desmond. Roscoe, which Assassin's Creed oh. game is this? <laughs> oh. I mean... Completely hands up. This is an absolute punt because I don't. I don't know. I went for either one, two, or three, and I've gone for two. The answer is Brotherhood. 
Oh, is it? I thought I went for Black Flag because I know he dies at the end of three. So I thought it was a carry on from no. that. No, at the end of I went for two as well, you see, because it's one you guys love the most. I thought it'd be like a little. So Brotherhood begins at the end of two. Yeah, but I thought it was after Desmond had died. I oh, see, yeah. right. I went for three because he died, so I thought that was like, you know. Yeah, but he, dies, he dies at the end of three, doesn't he? So Yeah, the, the last game with him in, exactly. Yeah, but. Damn you, Roger opening, Craig Smith. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. What is his fault? Wrong anyway. Yeah, well. Last question. Cortana, all I need to know is did we lose them? Roscoe? Mm. Halo Combat Evolved. Halo Combat Evolved is correct. Yeah! What, say Halo, nice as in Halo, Halo 1. Halo 1. Yeah, Halo okay, Combat yeah. Evolved. There's no such thing as Halo 1. Halo 1. <laughs> so, let's start up your scores. Let's start with Paul. Uh, six. Six? Not bad. Not bad. Roscoe? Six. Okay. Uh, Toby? Six. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a four-way uh, tiebreak. That'd be immense. Oh, no. Greg? I'm actually ashamed to say that I've done worse than Toby this week. Mm. I got five. Oh, Hang on, let me get let me get right. No, no, sorry. Gosh. I think I've got no, no, no. I think it's less than that. Hang on, one, two, three, four. Because it wasn't Escape from Monkey Island, was it? It was secret. I got four. <laughs> <laughs> okay then, right. I will now go and commit a seppuku. Thank you for your service. <laughs> okay, tiebreaker. How many copies to date? Oh god. Has Diablo 2 sold <laughs> according to Stieg Hetland's LinkedIn page? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because I just um, Googled it. <laughs> so let's start with Paul. No, hold on a minute. The last three tiebreakers you started with me. Start Quick. Because it stops you from typing it in. I don't need to type it in, mate. Let's, yeah, start with someone else. Okay, let's start we'll with one of you know. Gives you a good idea where to where to go with ballpark, doesn't it? Okay, let's start with uh, Roscoe then. Since so you won the last tiebreaker. Okay, Roscoe, what's your answer? <laughs> Four point six two million. Four point six two million. Okay, Paul. Four point six one. Oh, do you have like two? So I'll, I don't know. I'm gonna go a bit higher. I'm gonna go up maybe five. Five point five point three million. Toby. I'm gone for six point five. Okay. The answer is 15 million. What? <laughs> so 15 Toby, million copies. Oh my God, I've won. Toby has taken a win. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unbelievable. Oh, that's, that's a good Toby times. Good times. Toby, Toby, has, Toby is obviously learning well because he's, he's outpulled Paul on his one-up and guess. <laughs> First win, yes. <laughs> He's gone from zero out of ten to mm. four to in seven. Three weeks. Still winning. That's a comeback story. So that means he's actually probably above me now, isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's getting oh, close, man. Yeah. It's getting close. That was fun. That was a good quiz. Thank you, yeah, Sean. That was, that was the toughie. Four, four, uh, four um, tie breaks in a row, that is, and I've lost all four. Uh, mate, you, you want to get another question right. That's what I need to do. All right, then. Thank you very much, Sean. Good pleasure as always. We'll be back next week with a brand new trivia challenge. Right. Oh, this has been a long one, isn't it? Just to uh, tie this up with Out This Week. And Out This Week, Jump King is out on June the 9th on PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. The Elder Scrolls Online, Greymore comes to Xbox One and PS4 and Marvel PC as well. Uh, Demon's Tear on Xbox One comes out on June 10th. Isle of Spirits comes out June 10th on Xbox One and PC. Look out for more on that on thinking.net this week. Gumber 2 comes out on PC on June the 10th. 
Evans Remains comes out on PS4 and PC on June the 11th. June the 11th also sees the release of Samurai Showdown on PC and the highly anticipated in the Finger Guns land, Beyond Blue, is coming out on June the 11th. PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Project Warlock is coming to Switch on June the 11th, and so is Samurai Showdown Neo Geo Collection coming to PC. Warborn is coming out June the 12th for Switch and PS4 and Xbox One. Goosebumps, The Dead of Night is coming to Xbox One and PC on June the 12th. And I think that's your lot for this week. Next week is a very big week, so look forward to that. We've got Disintegration, Desperados 3, and Across the Grooves. Burnout Paradise Remastered on the Switch. It's all very... So look out for that. Burnout 3? Burnout Paradise Remastered. Burnout oh, Paradise. Paradise. Oh. Yeah. They cut that out because I was not listening. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I heard Burnout and was like, whoa. Yeah, if only. If only. Yeah. Uh, right, that does bring it into this week's Finger Guns podcast. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget to follow us everywhere. You can find a link tree in the description below. Everywhere we are in the world. There's a lot of places. Make sure you're following us everywhere to keep up with all the very latest stuff. So it is goodbye from Greg Hicks. Goodbye, everyone, and uh, stay safe. Goodbye from the FFG. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye from Mr. Paul Collett. See you. Goodbye from the Trivia Challenge champion, Tommy Anderson. Goodbye. And goodbye from me, my name is Roscoe. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast. Yeah.